I have another story for you today and this story is longer but it is so so good and my son James is with me again today do you want to say hi hi (laughs) perfect okay so I believe I may have told a rendition of the story that I'm about to tell you but this one has some particular details that the other story didn't mention you remember that Jesus once went to teach and heal people in his own hometown in Nazareth? When he was there, the people who heard him teaching in the synagogue one Sabbath day said, Wait a minute, who does this guy think he is? Where is he getting all of this power and wisdom that he can do mighty things? Isn't this the carpenter, Mary's son? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Judah, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here in Nazareth with us? And the people became really upset at the things he was teaching since, as it just so happens throughout all of history, people have a really hard time accepting someone they have known all their lives to be a prophet of God. Jesus knew this, and because of their poor attitudes and doubt in him, he couldn't do the same mighty works there that he had been doing all around Galilee. He did lay his hands on a few sick people and healed them, but for the most part, he was amazed at the people's unbelief. Well, as you now well know, the word of Christ's miracles and great teachings had spread abroad, and these things became known to the king at the time named Herod. This was a different King Herod than the one who wanted to kill Christ when he was a baby, but he was still a wicked King Herod all the same. He was so wicked that he let his heart stray, and he fell in love with his brother's wife, whose name was Herodias, and she fell in love with him, too. They didn't just love each other and leave it at that. They got married even after Herodias had been married to Herod's brother. Well, there was one special Israelite at the time who chastised Herod and Herodias for what they had done. This special Israelite was John the Baptist. He told Herod that it was against the law of Moses for him to have married his brother's wife. Well, John really upset Herodias, and she quarreled with him and would have killed him, except for one thing. King Herod was afraid of killing John the Baptist. King Herod knew that John the Baptist was a righteous and holy man, and he respected him as a prophet. So the king would not let Herodias kill John the Baptist, but he did have him thrown in prison. Well, one day, King Herod held a great feast and invited his lords, high captains, and chiefs to come eat with him. It just so happened to be his birthday, and he was feeling mighty celebratory. Well, Herodias knew how she could 
be wicked and sneaky and convince Herod to kill John the Baptist instead of just leaving him in prison. This is what she did. She sent her daughter to dance for Herod and his friends in a way that really pleased Herod. It pleased him so much that he promised Herodias' daughter that he would do anything for her. He would even give her half of his kingdom if she asked for it. Well, she went to her mom to discuss what she should ask for, and Herodias said, Ah, tell him that I want John the Baptist's head brought to me on a platter. So Herodias' daughter ran back to Herod and said, I have decided what I want. I want you to immediately give me the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Oh boy, did King Herod feel terrible now. He deeply regretted the promise that he had made, but he knew that he couldn't go back on his promise in front of all the men that were there. So he sent an executioner to the prison to kill John the Baptist, and his head was brought up on a platter and given to Herodias' daughter, who gave it to Herodias. When John's disciples heard what happened, they hurried to get his body out of prison and gently laid it in a tomb. When the news of Christ's miracles and teachings came to King Herod, he became very scared because he thought that Christ was really John the Baptist raised from the dead. He thought, oh man, the man who I have killed is back alive. What am I to do? Well, the apostles gathered together to Jesus and told him everything that had happened to John. And he was so sad and said, let's go out into a place where we can be alone to rest. The apostles and Christ had been so busy preaching and teaching and healing that sometimes they didn't even have time to eat. They were all very tired. So Christ and his apostles got onto a ship to leave to have some alone time. But when the crowds of people saw them leaving, they chased after them. When Christ saw these people, he wasn't upset that they tried to follow him. Instead, his heart was full of compassion for them. So he chose to teach them. He taught them all day long until his disciples came to him and said, All right, Christ, since we're in a place that's far away from towns or cities, it's time to send everyone away to get, go get something to eat since everyone is getting hungry. Christ turned to his apostle Philip and asked, Well, why don't you give them something to eat? Do you know where we can buy enough bread for everyone here to eat? And Philip said, What? We only have 200 penny worth of bread, which wasn't very much money in that day. This isn't enough to feed all these people that came to listen to you. Christ then asked, Well, how many loaves of bread do we have? And his apostle Andrew said, Well, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what can we do with these, since they definitely won't feed this many people? Instead of answering Andrew, Christ asked his disciples to organize all the people there into groups of 50 and groups of 100 people, and to have them all sit down on the green grass. Then Christ took the five loaves and two fishes, and he said a blessing over the food and broke the bread and fish up into chunks and divided the food between the apostles. Then Christ told them to feed the people there. And you know what happened? 
a miracle. There were at least 5,000 people there and every single person there ate bread and fish until they were full. And even after everyone had eaten their fill, the apostles were able to fill 12 whole baskets with the leftover food. Is that amazing? Well, the people who were there who had witnessed such a wondrous miracle thought to, thought to themselves, Wow, Christ really is a prophet. Christ then read their minds and knew that they were about to come and force him to be their king. So he said, All right, disciples, it's time to get into the boat and head to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. I'll stay here and make sure the people get home. After his disciples left, Christ went into a mountain by himself to pray. The wind over the Sea of Galilee that night was blowing against the disciples, who were rowing so hard, trying to get to the other side of the sea. They were having a really difficult time of it because the wind was so strong. Well, they rowed and rowed and rowed, and early, early in the morning, they looked out on the Sea of Galilee and saw Christ walking on the water. He would have walked right by them, but they cried out in fear because they thought he was a ghost. When Christ noticed their fear, he immediately talked with them and said, Hey, be of good cheer. It's me, Jesus. Don't be afraid. (coughs) Oh, bless you. Simon Peter then said, Lord, if it's really you, then ask me to walk on the water to you. And Christ said, Come. Well, what do you think you would have done? I'd have walked on the water. Yeah? (laughs) Not looking at the storm. Yeah? I think that's what Peter did. He cautiously got out of the ship and began to truly walk on the water toward Jesus. But guess what? When he began to focus on how windy it was, he began to be afraid and he began to sink in the sea. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught Peter before he sank. As Christ walked him back to the ship, he said, Oh, you man of little faith, why did you doubt? When Christ and Peter got to the ship, the wind calmed down, and the other disciples could not believe what they had just seen. You see, their hearts weren't quite opened to understanding all that Christ could do through Heavenly Father's power. They still couldn't understand the miracle of the loaves and fishes, and they had a difficult time believing that Christ and Peter, for that matter, could actually walk on water. But they recognized that he did have power, so they worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. Well, when they got to the other side of the sea, everyone there spread the word that Christ was there, and immediately people began bringing him all the sick people in their towns. No matter where he went, Whether it was into villages or cities or country towns, the people would lay their sick friends and relatives in the streets so that Christ would walk by and heal them. The sick would even just lay there, reaching out their hands to touch Christ's clothes as he walked by, and they would immediately be healed, just like the woman with the issue of blood who had been sick for so long. 
Well, there were also people there on the other side of the lake who had been present at Christ's teachings the day before, when he fed the 5,000 with just five loaves of bread and two fishes. They knew that Christ hadn't crossed the sea in the same boat as his disciples, so they sought him out and found him and asked, Hey, how'd you get here? We've been looking for you. Christ said, Well, you're not looking for me because you saw the miracle of the loaves and fishes yesterday and believe that I am the Savior and can do wondrous things. You're just hungry and you want more food. Let me tell you something. Don't worry about working to get food that just your body can eat. That food doesn't last long and will perish after a while. Instead, work hard for the food that lasts forever that I can give you. And the people said to him, Well, what can we do then so that we can enjoy the food that lasts forever? And Jesus answered, You must believe in me. And they asked, Well, can you prove to us who you are by giving us a sign of what you can do? Then we will believe you. You see, our ancestors ate manna in the desert each day. So can you do that too? Give us bread each day? You see, the people talking to Christ thought he was only talking about physical food that they could eat. So Christ tried to explain to them what he was talking about. He said, listen to me. Moses didn't give the Israelites the bread that lasts forever. The bread that lasts forever is given to you from Heavenly Father. The bread that lasts forever is the man that came down from heaven and gives life to the world. The people still didn't understand. And they said, Lord, please give us some of this bread. I suppose they were very hungry and had a difficult time getting food for themselves each day. Well, Christ said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Do you remember that Christ taught this same thing to the woman at the well? And she understood that he was the Messiah and that believing in him could help her soul never feel thirsty for peace or hope again. Christ continued, You have seen me perform miracles and have heard my teachings, but you don't believe who I am. Which is unfortunate because Heavenly Father has given me many wonderful things and I will share these wonderful things with whoever comes to me and believes in me. Heavenly Father has even given me the power to resurrect people. And so, if you believe in me, I can give you eternal life. Just think of that. Eternal happiness in heaven after you are resurrected. Well, the Jews were pretty upset that Christ told them he was the bread that came down from heaven. Since they were hungry and just wanted bread they could physically eat. They complained and said, Oh, isn't this just the man, Jesus, who was the son of Joseph and Mary? We know his parents, so why is he telling us that he came down from heaven? To this, Christ said, Oh, please don't complain. I'll try to tell you again. You cannot come to me and enjoy this bread that I am speaking about unless you are willing to do what Heavenly Father is asking you to do. And you know what he asks of you? that you believe in me and receive me and try to do what I am teaching you to do. And if you do this, then I will resurrect you along with all the other righteous saints. 
everyone will be resurrected at some point after they die. But it is only those who believe in me who will be resurrected and enjoy eternal life. Any saint who reads the scriptures knows that Heavenly Father wants you to believe me. And so I say again, I am the bread of life. Yes, your ancestors did eat manna in the wilderness, but now they are dead. The true bread from heaven exists so that you can eat of it and live forever in happiness. And since I am the bread that is here from heaven, the bread that I speak of is my own body, which I will sacrifice for the entire world. Oh boy, this confused the Jews very much. They said, what? How can this man give us his own body to eat? That is crazy. Jesus then said, yes, it's true. Unless you are willing to eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will not have eternal life. Whoever does eat my flesh and drink my blood will be able to live eternally with Heavenly Father after I resurrect him. Yes, he does mean the sacrament. Christ also said, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will live in me, and I will live in him. Since Heavenly Father has sent me, and I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. So whoever eats my flesh will have life through me. So again, whoever seeks only to eat the manna or the physical bread of life will eventually die spiritually. But those who eat me, the living bread, will never die spiritually. Christ taught these things in a synagogue in Capernaum, and a lot of his disciples were there listening to him. After he finished his teachings, a lot of them said, Oh man, this is really hard to understand. I don't think I like this teaching very much. When Christ knew what was in their hearts and that they complained about his teachings, he said to them, Does my teaching bother you? If it does bother you, what are you going to think when you see me up in heaven? The Holy Ghost and the things of God can help you understand what I am speaking about. My teachings aren't about physical bread. Rather, they're about spiritual things that can give you eternal life if you choose to believe them. But unfortunately, there are some of you who don't believe my words because you are unwilling to open your heart to be taught by Heavenly Father. At that point, some of Christ's disciples were so bothered by his teachings that they stopped following him and never returned. Christ then turned to his 12 apostles and said, Are you guys going to leave me too? Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, who else would we follow? You have the words of eternal life, and we believe that you are the Christ, the Son of our living God. What do you think about Christ's teachings? Do you believe that he is the living bread? James mentioned the sacrament. And that is a time each week when we symbolically eat bread that represents Christ's body. And symbolically, we drink water that represents his blood. Well, it was soon time to travel south to Jerusalem again for the Passover feast. So that's where Christ and his disciples headed. Now, inside one of the gates into Jerusalem, there was a pool named the Pool of Bethesda. It had five porches, or five areas where people could sit around the pool. 
And these areas were full of people who were sick, crippled, blind, or old and diseased. Why do you think they were there? Well, do you know what a superstition is? It's when people act in a certain way based off a certain belief in something that seems magical or extraordinary, but isn't true. So these sick people in Jerusalem had a superstitious belief that any time the water in the pool of Bethesda seemed to bubble or move in any way, that the movement was caused caused by an angel, and whoever could get into the water first would be healed of their sickness or whatever was physically causing them problems. Well, when Jesus was passing into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, he walked by the pool of Bethesda and saw a man lying in one of the pool porches who had been sick for 38 years. 38, that's such a long time. Yes. Jesus. Eight years older than dad. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Jesus knew that he had been there for such a long time. So he walked up to him and said, Would you like to be made whole? Would you like to be healed? And the man said, Oh, sir, I would, but I'm not very fast because of my sickness. And when the water starts moving, I don't have anyone to help me get into the water before the other people can. Perhaps the man thought that Christ would help him be the first one into the pool the next time it moved. Instead, Christ simply said, Rise! Stand up, pick up your bed, this mat that you've been lying on for so long, and walk. And wonder of wonder, miracles of miracles, the man was healed immediately, and he stood up, rolled up his little bed, and began walking. Like, he was healed as Jesus Christ spoke those words. Mm-hmm. He was healed immediately. Well, this man walked right by a group of Jews who saw him, and they said, Whoa, 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 it's Sunday. It's against our laws to carry your bed on the Sabbath day. What are you doing? The man turned to them and said, Well, the man who healed me told me to carry my bed. And they said, Who told you to do this? And the the man said, Oh, I don't know. Jesus had walked away before this conversation, and there was a crowd of people there, so the man couldn't find Jesus. Later in the day, Jesus found the man in the temple and said to him, You have been physically healed, but you must must be careful to not sin anymore, or else something worse than physical sickness can happen to you. What is that? What is worse than physical sickness? spiritual sickness spiritual sickness is worse than physical sickness don't you think i don't understand you well let me try to explain so when your spirit is happy and doing well what makes you feel happy what what are things that you do that help you feel happy and spiritually well and close to christ you're righteous yep righteousness and so what do you think makes you feel spiritually sick Evilness. Yep, evilness, wickedness, sin. And so if you choose to be wicked, then after you die and are resurrected, just like Christ taught, 
You'll be resurrected to hell. <laughs> to, yeah, a form of hell. You'll be resurrected to a state of misery and woe. And don't you think that being in a state of misery and woe forever and ever is worse than experiencing physical pain in this earth that lasts for sh- such a short time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what Christ said when he told the man that if you keep sinning, then something else could happen that is far worse than physical sickness. So after Christ had this discussion with the man, he left and he told the Jews that had talked to him before that the man named Jesus had healed him. Well, these Jews knew who Jesus was and they tried to persecute Jesus and they tried to kill him all because he chose to heal a man on the Sabbath day. What do you think about that? Yeah, not so good, huh? Well, In response to the Jews' reaction, Jesus said, I work in the same way that my Father, who is God, works. And oh boy, did that make the Jews mad. They tried even harder to find a way to have Jesus killed now, not just because he had broken the law of the Sabbath in their opinion, but also because he made the claim that God was his Father. And in their eyes, that was like him trying to make himself equal with God which, in their opinion, was blasphemous or false. To their outrage, Jesus responded, Listen to me carefully. I cannot do any good thing of myself. Everything I do has been taught to me by my Father, who is God. My Father loves me and shows me and teaches me everything that he does and who he is, so that I, in turn, can show and teach everyone here on earth about him. It's in this way that everyone on earth can learn how to become just like Heavenly Father, too. Is this episode 13? I don't know. Christ said, You have seen me perform some mighty miracles, but there are greater ones coming in the hopes that you will believe who I am and know who God is. Just like God can raise the dead, I can also give life to people whom I choose. In the end, God isn't going to be the judge of all men, but he has given me that responsibility. Whoever honors me and listens to my words and believes me also honors and believes in the Father and will have everlasting life with him someday. Whoever doesn't listen to or honor me also does not honor Heavenly Father. It's almost time for the spirits of those who have already lived and died on this earth to hear my voice. After I have died here on earth, I will go and help to teach them about the truth of my mission here on earth. Since Heavenly Father has the power of life within himself, he has also given me the power to resurrect myself and others after I have died. Don't be so surprised at what I am saying, for the time is soon coming that all who have died will hear my voice, and those who choose to follow me and do good will be resurrected to life. And those who have chosen to do evil will be damned, which means that they cannot continue to become better and change and repent after I have judged them. And don't worry that I might judge unfairly. I don't have the power to choose how others live their lives, for they have the power to choose that for themselves. And each person gets to decide how they want to live their life after they die, either a resurrection to life or a resurrection to damnation. You might be wondering how you can trust my word about who I am and the power that I have. And I tell you, don't trust just my word. 
Heavenly Father sent you someone else to teach you about who I am. This person is John the Baptist. He received his testimony about who I am from Heavenly Father. And you people say that he is a great prophet. So you should believe what he says about who I am. I have an even greater proof of who I am than just John's words. Just pay attention to the things that I do. I do only the things that Heavenly Father has asked me to do. And even he teaches people about who I am through his scriptures and his prophets and through the Holy Ghost. But you might not be able to understand what he's trying to teach you if you reject me and my teachings. You must study and search the scriptures. But don't think that merely studying the scriptures will give you eternal life. The scriptures testify of me, so you must believe in me. Oh, but you are choosing not to believe in me, and you are choosing not to have God's love within your hearts. Here's the thing. If someone else were to come here and perform miracles and say that he did it all by his own power, you would believe him. You would give him honor because he is seeking power and honor for himself. But since I am here performing miracles in the name of Heavenly Father and seeking to glorify His name and not my own, you reject me. Don't you think that since you reject me, I will have poor things to say about you when I speak to Heavenly Father? And you love and trust in the prophet Moses, but even he will have poor things to say of you since he wrote about me and testified about me and you still don't believe my words. Well, chickens, that was a long, long story, but an important one full of many truths. In just two Sundays, it will be Easter when we get to celebrate Christ's triumph over all evil and death. And I invite you to think about what eternal life with Heavenly Father will be like if you choose to follow Christ. Have a wonderful day. Until next week.